0: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff on Never Sold You, production of iHeartRadio.
1: Yes, and welcome to Women Around the World. Doo, 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 doo. So, <laughs> happy Women's History Month. And if you are a new listener, thanks for joining us. And as a reminder, for us... Here on Spinty, women's history includes all those who identify as women and that they are women. So, with so many violations and continued prosecutions against the trans and queer community, we think it's important that we reiterate the statement as much as possible. And it's been a minute before we said that. And as another reminder or introduction whether or not you just hopped on to this Sminty fam listening party or not, we are all about intersectionality, and that means quote, the complex, cumulative way in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination, such as racism, sexism, and classism combine, overlapped, or intersect especially in the experience of marginalized individuals or groups Thank you, Merriam-Webster Yes, intersectional feminism was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw and we adhere to those ideas. Ideas. So, if that offends you in any way, you may not want to listen anymore because we're gonna keep on offending you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or nay? Evil laugh. I'm just telling
0: you. It's pretty straightforward.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, moving on to our series on women around the world. Today, we are doing a look at some of the amazing women of the 2022 uh, Winter Olympics. Yeah, we know we are a little late. It's March 11th, 2022, if you wanted to know. But hey, we made it. It's happening. Also, the Paralympics
0: are going on right now. So Yes, note. and we
1: will come back to that. It is going on right now. There's some good things happening. For this Olympics specifically, the amount of women competing has almost equaled out to the men who are competing as well, with women making up 45.4% of the athletes competing, which is a record high. However, it should also be noted that there are not as many opportunities slash categories for women to compete in. But hey, baby steps, I guess. Uh yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, and in this Olympics, uh, it has had its number of scandals with calls for boycotting, uh, possibly missing athletes, doping, etc., uh, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But there has been also calls for celebration. So let's talk about some of that.
0: Yes. So first up is Eileen Gu, or as some call her, Snow Princess or Princess. Um, A California resident competing for China who won gold in the free ski halfpipe and became the first athlete to reach the podium in three different freestyle skiing events. She also won gold in big air and the silver medal in slope style. And not surprisingly, she has been criticized for her decision to compete for China, but that doesn't change her wins or her accomplishments. Right. And and there is an in-depth conversation
1: with her in some of our interviews uh, when they talk about that. And she just talks about that her nationality is both Chinese and American. And I think that is something to know as a person who was born in Korea. I really wish I kind of had some citizenship still attached to me, but being adopted, of course, that's a whole different conversation. Dual citizenship just sounds cool anyway, so... (laughs) That's me. That's me, whatever. Um, (laughs) Then there's Elena Myers-Taylor, who has become the most decorated Olympic bobsledder after winning a bronze medal in Beijing and the most decorated black athlete in the Olympics. Yay! The Beijing Olympics was her fourth Olympic Games. Mayor Taylor has competed in Vancouver in 2010, Sochi 2014, and Pyeongchang in 2018, and started out her bobsledding career in 2007... And by the way, she's won three silver and two bronze.
0: And then we have the Netherlands athlete, Irene Wust, who became the first athlete to win individual gold medals at five different Olympic Games. And during the most recent games, Wust was able to set an Olympic record in the women's speed skating 1,500 meter race. And of course, those aren't her only medals. She has a total of 12 Olympic medals since she started in 2006. And not that it matters, but she did become the oldest speed skater to win gold at 35. Right. That seems to be
1: a theme, by the way, age, and I get it. But then seeing her age at 35, I'm like, I'm dying after doing a Zumba class, so... (laughs) 41. Cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Moving on to German competitor Natalie Geisenberger. Geisenberger became the first three-time women's luge singles gold medalist. The nine-time world champion and six-time Olympic champion is one of the most decorated female athletes and is regarded as one of the best in lugeing, which is a very terrifying sport to me. And I hold my breath every time I see it thinking someone's going to be just off. Mm -hmm. Gone. Um, By the way, she started uh, doing all of this at the age of 10.
0: Wow. I'm petrified. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Once again, thinking about Star Wars. (laughs) Getting bought into the Jedi Order at a young age. But all right, all right. That's a different conversation. Um, And we have another Netherlands athlete breaking records, Suzanne Schultzing, who set a new record in the women's 1,000 meter short track Schulting beat the record by finishing the quarterfinals race with a record time of 1 minute, 26 seconds, couple milliseconds. In the finals, she finished in 1 minute, 28 seconds, um, and 3. 391 milliseconds. And of course, one gold. And I hope I did not mess that up. Uh, but I believe that is correct. <laughs> you can always let me know. And then there is German Olympian Claudia Peschstein, who has become the oldest woman athlete to compete at the Winter Olympics. Um, she's 49, about to turn 50. Peschtein is also the only woman to ever compete in eight Olympic games. Woof. Uh, she has won a total of nine medals, five gold, two silver, and two bronze. Right. I think
1: she may have just turned, I think she's already turned 50 because... Uh, Olympics when did it end like a month ago yeah Uh yeah I think she was like uh two weeks away from being 50 so that was really significant Mm. but yeah I did I was like wait what is today y'all I'm so Oliver (laughs) <laughs> all over the calendar. I can't even also, tell
0: you. our weather in Georgia right now oh is goodness. wild.
1: It is bonkers. It's going to be like freezing cold to 21. It's, yeah, and yesterday <sighs> it was like 80. It's yeah. wild. <laughs> anyway, we're a little bit fuzzy right now when it comes to time <laughs> and weather and seasons, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Erin Jackson, who is an American speed skater who won the gold medal in the women's 500-meter race. She's the first black woman to take home this medal and the first First American woman to uh, two medals since 1992 for this race. Um, And not to take away from Jackson's well-deserved win, I feel like her story is a little bit about friendship and women supporting women as well. Jackson almost missed the Olympics uh, because there's only two slots available. uh, And due to an error in the trials, she was like number three. At that point, uh, but teammate Brittany Bowe forfeited her place, which allowed for Jackson to compete. And Jackson was like, you know, I am so grateful for her for doing this. and um, talking of Jackson, both said, words cannot explain how proud I am of her. I knew she had the chance to do something really special and she just showed the world why she deserved to be here. And of course, again, I don't want it because Jackson is a well-trained athlete who has done amazing things and she is an amazing woman and congratulations to her win. But I just really love that backstory of like, oh, yeah. look at us. Women loving each other.
0: Yes. And I actually saw, I witnessed this one because I, I didn't watch too much of the Winter Olympics, but I did see, a, I'd say like, you know, 30%. Um, and I saw this one and it was very, very moving. It, she was just so like incandescent, like right. so happy. It was a really powerful, powerful moment. Yeah. Love those
1: times, Um, and of course we we kind of want to end not necessarily on a negative note, but just as a reminder of how far we have to go. And we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about the Summer Olympics and the history of the Olympics in general. It's taken a lot for women to be able to even compete in general, and what kind of stakes that is taken. And even to this day, what we're talking about when it comes to uh, outfits and sexist conversations about women and whether or not they can compete in specific things, racial discrimination within the Olympics as well. Whole big conversation that we've had. So we did want to talk about a couple of topics, including uh, the fact in the U.S., uh, we had a headline uh, in a big publication stating that possibly in the ice skating competition that it was the Asian people were overly represented Mm -hmm. in that competition. And of course, got a lot of backlash. Mm -hmm. And we know that the Asian hate has been pretty rampant in the last three years to the point that it's become very divisive in so many communities in any way. So when you see rhetoric like this, it's kind of like, huh, did you really want to antagonize
0: people? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And
1: I'm not going to lie, yes, I have seen many representation of Asian women in, in ice skating, which, by the way... I've never had the hopes of doing so as an Asian woman myself, so I'm not really like, oh, yay, but Michelle Kwan and Christy Yamaguchi were two of the people that I'm like, oh, my God, look at these elegant women who are amazing, who look somewhat like me, mm-hmm. being hailed as heroes and icons. It was mm-hmm. very unusual, and I hate that that's that, like, for sh- like the overshadowing of this one article was like, yeah, but is there- it, is probably overpopulated, like, with too many Asians. It's kind of like, what? What?
0: Yeah. Like, right. What was the point of this? For one, but also why? <laughs> like, I mean, why I've never seen
1: any article saying it's over, over like there's too many white people in this. Right, <laughs> that's exactly. never been a statement. Like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. You literally have to search for uh, people of color in competitions like this half the time. And even being international, you still have
0: to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. No, oh. I know what you mean. <laughs>
1: And then also the term uh, slut strands has kind of become, um, well, maybe not to y'all. Maybe we get these alerts because we are constantly on the lookout for feminist headlines or anti-feminist headlines, both of those things. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it just popped up how we talked about how Google knows us a little too well.
0: And really wants to send
1: uh, our way. Uh, But recently, Chloe Kim came out talking about how she hated the term slut strands, which is when two strands of hair are left loose outside of competitor's helmet to frame their face. Um, And y'all, I didn't expect to find as much information as I did. As in fact, there's a specific brand called slut strands that was correlated to skiing. I'm not a skier. I'm very (laughs) scared of skiing. I don't want to fall that many times. That just looks so painful (laughs) to fall so many times. I fall walking. So Mm -hmm. skiing looks like it should not be something I should take up Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as my ungraceful self. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: the Sludge is like I told you, was a brand. Someone really just capitalized on it. And her name is Elsa. And she wrote about, you know. Uh, why Why she did it. And in it, she says, for years, the term slut strand has held a negative connotation in skiing and snowboarding, yet it remained to be a term we used every day. So why not embrace it, reclaim it, celebrate it? And the Slut Strand Society at its core is here to celebrate the ladies of skiing and snowboarding and give us a space in our division and band together. Uh, girls are Cool. Okay. So kiss goodbye, the ski hoes, the pro hoes, and all of that BS. We are far better than that and have the ability to create a society that's both uplifting and cool as So obviously she is trying to rebrand it, kind of how we've talked about reclaiming words. But it is. I think we need to understand the connotations and kind of dissect it before we can truly celebrate it. Because hearing it as a newbie
0: for me is like, what? Right, right. And I would imagine a lot of people who use that term have not arrived at this viewpoint yet.
1: (laughs) But I've never heard this term, but it is a big term and I I cannot believe, maybe just from the outside in and people who are skiers are going to be like, you're being overly sensitive. I don't know. It just seems like, wow, I can't believe this term has stayed around because it literally does talk about uh, women being like the word feminine has been thrown about. As Mm -hmm. if, like, this is how you show your femininity. This is how you show show your passion or your fashion, rather. And this is what women do. It's kind of like, yeah, it's very
0: pointed. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you're using the word slut is pretty telling. Because I have to say, like, I'm somebody, I like to frame my face. Yeah. Um, I've been told that I shouldn't and I disagree. But I don't feel like that makes me a slut. (laughs)
1: Right. I don't understand how that makes anyone slut. But let's also talk about the fact that some of the big articles around Chloe Kim, who, by the way, is one of the first women in Olympic history to win back-to-back gold Mm. in half-pipe. Yeah, so she's a phenomenal athlete. But because she opposes this term uh this type of article is what's surrounding her yeah (laughs) instead of her accomplishments so that again shows why this is a narrative that's like yeah it's a bit sexist
0: yeah that's really frustrating to have these these great athletic accomplishments and wins instead of celebrating that we're like but did you see her hair ridiculous, (laughs) It's ridiculous, <laughs> Right.
1: I mean, and to the fact that wanting to be cute or presentable for national, international TV is now yeah. seen as a girl. You know, we already know those mm-hmm. tropes anyway, uh, to be completely reduced to this yeah. superficiality, which is not superficial. It's mm-hmm. not superficial to want to be happy about the way you look when you go out compete, and if you can look good while doing it, well, kudos. They should give another medal just for being able yeah. to do so yeah. in like extreme things like that. And
0: also, like <laughs> it, I bet, I know I do things better when I feel like I when I feel good about myself. Like, right? I can totally see if you're like, oh, I look good, and it builds your confidence, and then you nail that. Half pipe thing. <laughs> yes,
1: we're I don't both know the Really terms. good at the
0: skiing thing. <laughs> it's snowboarding skiing. It was fun, but I was bad at it. I was very bad indeed.
1: But yeah, I mean, it kind of has this conversation when what we're talking about in general is the damn if you do, damn if you don't. If you don't yeah. look pretty, now they're gonna criticize oh, you for damn. looking homely. If you look too pretty, then what are you trying to impress? Why are you being mm-hmm. a girly girl? It's kind of like what. Why? Just let it be. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, like I said, I feel like any effort in general should be awarded, uh, (laughs) rewarded maybe. I don't know. I found that interesting. I feel like we're going to have to have this conversation about women's fashion in athletics. And I'm sure it's been had once, but coming back to look at it again about how it does really lean to be like, huh. Because we know, again, we had the whole thing with women's volleyball, women's gymnastics, about their costumes and or uniforms and it being specialized to be for the male gaze. Mm -hmm. Again.
0: Yeah. Blug. Yeah. No, for sure. There's a lot. There's a lot we can touch on that has come out recently about these games that has like always been there, but it's every now and then I catch myself being like, oh yeah, that is real messed up that we're still doing this. <laughs> so we, we do have plans to come back to that. And there has been a lot of news in the world of sports that we're looking to, to visit um, in an upcoming episode. But in the meantime, listeners, as always, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas, suggestions, something we missed, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff on Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.